host Sean Lynn in the pub for a dram with friends where we talk about faith, family, food, and fun. Pull up a chair and I'll pour you a drink. Episode 33. We welcome our good friend Kelly Wallquest as she talks about wine while we drink whiskey. Sit back as I pour us a dram. Welcome to another episode of A Dram with Friends. We are extremely excited today to welcome a friend, Kelly Wallquist, our first female visitor to the pub. Welcome, Kelly. Hey, cheers. Thanks. I'm, it's always good to be the first. So thank you. I, it is an honor. I feel um, blessed among men. How's that? There you go. Well, for such a special occasion, my understanding is that you uh, like a little angel's envy. So that gave me a good reason to open this bottle. So, <laughs> and it, it's finished in a port wine barrel and you're, you're a wine lady, aren't you? I am a wine lady. I first of all, Angel's Envy is my favorite bourbon. So I'm a little jealous right now. I'm not too envy. Um, I'm kind of got a little Kelly, Kelly jealous, not Angel Envy. Uh, but that's my favorite bourbon. And that's so good. I don't have any. I, I, I just bought some for a friend and I left it at her house. But there you yeah. go. That is true friendship. And that was big time friendship. <laughs> yes, but no, I am a so wine woman. I've actually I'm joining you with a glass of wine, but um, oh, not just the wine man. we drink. I have a ministry called Wine Women in the New Evangelization. So, yeah. So I thought it'd be apropos, since I don't have Angel's Envy, to have some vino. There you go. Is it a special one that's your favorite, or what? Well, are you, you know drinking? what? Actually, this is my favorite Chardonnay. Is Rambauer. This is uh, Clos de Bois, which is a nice Chardonnay as well. Uh, not as expensive as Rambauer, but a good, you know, kind of everyday Chardonnay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. It's good. It's a good there time in the go. pub, Sean. <laughs> so, can you tell our friends in the pub, who is Kelly Walquist? Absolutely. Um, so, I am, I was going to say, born and raised Catholic. I guess I was born and then baptized Catholic. And just your average Catholic family. You know, we did all the average Catholic things, went to mass on Sunday and and all the holy days of obligation. My mom made the same salad for every funeral. I mean, we were Catholic. Uh, and then I I went Catholic schools, grade school, high school, even college. But I, I fell away from my faith in college a little bit. Uh, and then I got engaged and we had to go back to, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Marriage prep class. And so I was kind of back mm -hmm. into the faith and then fell away again. And uh, then we got married and then we had a child. So we're back at, at church now for classes in, in baptism, you know, for, the, for this child. So I was back. And I remember telling my friend Martha about this. I was on a Catholic television show and I explained to her my faith journey, you know, like I, I was falling away. I, when I was Catholic, left, came back, you know, when we were engaged, back when we had a child. And she laughed and she looked at me, she said, honey, you are what we call match, hatch, and dispatch. <laughs> you come to church when you get married. You come to church when you hatch a kid. And you come to church for funerals. 
And yeah, that, she was right. That really was kind of my journey then. And then one day, a friend of mine signed me up for a Bible study. Um, she had actually asked me to sign up for it. I'd seen it all laid out. She's like, you've got to do this Bible study. It's amazing. It's it's by my friend Jeff Cavins. It's just awesome. And I had just signed up for everything. This was back to school night where you volunteer to do stuff, you know, for your kids. And I it looked great, color coordinated. It was awesome. And I just said, Nicole, I can't do it. I can't. You know, Andy will kill me if I sign up for one more thing. I just volunteered for everything but the father-son camping trip. I mean, I volunteered for everything. And she just kept on me. But if you do it, everyone will do it. And I said, I am so sorry. I can't. And I went home. And the next day, I got a phone call from a friend named Josie who said, Kel, we saw you signed up for this Bible study. So 40 women signed up for it. And I was like, what? So I called Nicole. And she answered with just not even hello. She said, just hear me out. And she gave me all these reasons that I needed to be in a Bible study. I needed to go deeper in my faith. I needed to know my faith. I needed to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. I needed to pass on my faith to my children. I mean, she had great reasons, but it was her last reason that sealed the deal. She said, and we have free childcare. Praise God. I'm like, whatever. I'll, I'll study any book if I can. I, I love my children, but I wanted to have adult conversations. And Jeff Cavins, you know, one of his greatest quotes is, God gives us what we need wrapped in what we want. I wanted to have a relationship with people who I could converse with who weren't three and five years old and, you know, nine months old. And I needed a deeper relationship with the Lord. So that that was about, gosh, I don't know, 17, 18 years ago, changed my life completely. And now wow. I... Yeah, now I'm director of the Archbishop Flynn Catechetical Institute that Jeff and I started I, way back when, and then probably about 14 years ago, and then he was the director. He resigned, and I became the director, and and now I have a ministry called Wine. Let's see, it's here. Let's see if I have it. Women in the New Evangelization. Woohoo! So there, you got that's, all that in a nutshell at the pub. Wow, that that's incredible, and uh, it's amazing the journeys that we take. And uh, I know my wife, when she listens to this and summarizes it, will be identifying a lot with what you were saying. As we had eight children over the course of twenty years, so there was a lot of <laughs> give me an adult conversation, please. And... Right? Yeah, I always laugh. I tell people I. I mean, my conversations, literally, and Sean, I'm not making this up. I would be just over this four-year-old who is just sobbing uncontrollably. And I'm saying, honey, it's okay. Grandpa will put Barbie's head back on after he puts the sweater on Barbie. He just, it's easier for Grandpa, Barbie's head's off. And she's just, ah, you know? I mean, that was the extent of my conversations. I'm like, I need to talk to adults. Uh, so so you you understand, eight kids. Yes, yes. I I do my best to understand as much as a man can. <laughs> How's that? Nicely said. Nicely played. Uh, well, years of training. We've been married. Uh, we'll be coming up on 37 years this this November. So it's uh, we're, we're getting up there. And, You're 10 years uh, ahead of me. You got that, me by 10 years. There you go. Well, yeah, we're 27. And that's, how you, that's how you and I met was through Jeff Cavins, uh, as he's been up here 
a number of times in Calgary, uh, either at our men's conference, uh, and we did host a couple of the uh, Bible in a Year conferences up here as well. So uh, that's how you oh, and I first oh, when met. Oh, when he takes you through the whole Bible in one day, you mean? The... Yeah, that was that was a number of years ago now, because uh, yeah, it's it's been. Well, he came up and his girls were little because they were going camping in our trailer. So oh. we're talking a few years ago. So, uh, and and then I I I watched you with your wine. We're friends on Facebook, and mm -hmm. and you're constantly evangelizing and and approaching uh, the women and encouraging them, and God Squad's encouraging the men, so that they can go home happily together and live <laughs> no you're right i mean really and what we with wine too what the focus is all of it is complementarity and not and men complimenting women women complimenting men in wine we start with complimenting each other in our giftedness and elevating the gifts of one another and it's such a beautiful thing to be able to do that to elevate somebody else's gift to rejoice in their gift uh, you know, because there's so much competition out in the world. And this is one thing I love about wine, women in the new evangelization. It's not about competition. It's almost more about completion. You know, like, how can I help yeah. you? And we really, one of my favorite images, and it's on my website, um, and we have it at catholicvineyard.com too. And it's that it's that image of Mary and Elizabeth at the visitation. And it's, it's I think it was from a movie or something, but then someone made it into a painting where Mary and Elizabeth meet and they're, you know, their heads are thrown back in laughter. They're just so joyful. And I always think of that. And I'm like, you know what? Look at what Elizabeth could have said. I mean, she did. She wasn't in competition with Mary. I mean, she could have been like, are you kidding me, yeah. Lord? I have been so good and so righteous for so long. And this little whippersnapper gets to carry the Christ. Come on, what's up? <laughs> but she didn't. She rejoiced yeah. in, the, in the gift of her sister. And so wine, women in the new evangelization, it, I can, I should be able to say it. Women in the new evangelization is all about that. And it's not about, it really isn't about the wine we drink though. Sometimes we do. Um, at our women wine and wisdom events, we have a little wine, uh, but it really stems from scripture and it comes from John two, five, and it's Mary's final words to us in sacred scripture where she says, do whatever he tells you. So it's John two, five wedding a Cana and Mary is saying, do whatever he tells you. So wine is about doing the will of God. But we just contend as women, um, it's easier to do it when you have your sisters in Christ surrounding you, nurturing you, encouraging you, lifting you up, praying for you, sharing a glass of wine. Kind of like the guys at the pub, right? Isn't it easier to to live this path of holiness when you got your buddies helping you? So that's that's really what it's all about. It's Yeah, it's great fun though. That does sound like a lot of fun. And uh, yes, we... Well, God Squad, we started barbecue outreach because we figured this is a secret that women have known for centuries is to get a man's attention, uh, have some good food. So we, we put a shiny stainless steel barbecue there with some uh, Italian sausages on the grill or some hamburgers or some brisket. And, and you've immediately got the men's attention to uh, help them understand God's will in their life and... Uh, and you're walking with them and right. that's that's the big thing is it, it, i was trained in peer support with our calgary police service and 
and that's in essence what you're doing right is it's a peer support system to help each other get to heaven you're right and it's kind of like what if you feed them they will come right so you it's that yep. it's that offering the invitation the sharing of a meal and then continuing to feed spiritually and at wine we always one of our biggest things is that invitation that invitation into a relationship an, an invitation into a a bible like I was invited to a Bible study. Now, granted, I didn't sign up for it. Nicole signed me up for it. But she looks back at it now and she's like, that was a Holy Spirit moment. She's like, I would never have done that. But she offered that invitation. And one thing we say at Wine is that one invitation can have an eternal ripple effect. So you never know what that invitation can do. And, you know, I mean, I can give you a quick example. Uh, and we were just spoke about it a little bit. But and on the third day, there was a marriage in Galilee, in Cana. And the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus was also invited. You know, someone invited Mary <laughs> and Jesus to a wedding. And look what happened. I mean, one invitation. And I, I always think of that. I'm like, you know, you had a wedding. You probably had a couple of you've got eight kids. So you know what goes into planning a yeah. wedding, right? You have to know, like, how many people you can seat, um, how much each plate is going to cost. Because then you're thinking, well, if it's forty four ninety five, we're not going to invite kids because they're going to have two bites and not, you know. So you have to go through all of this. And I always picture um, the mother and father of the bride-to-be, of the wedding in Cana, sitting down with the bride and the groom and going over their wedding list, their checklist. And like, okay, who can we invite? And the mother's saying, you know, I'd really like to invite Mary of Nazareth. I mean, she's always been so good and so kind, so giving. And then the, the father of the bride's like, yeah, but she still has that kid living at home. You know, that's going to be another mouth to feed. And the bride's like, but he's got 12 friends, could make for a good party, you know, and he's single, you know. So uh, it just is the point being that that one invitation is so important. You invite someone into the God Squad. You invite them to a wine event. You invite them to um, a Bible study. You invite them to listen to... The, the Bible in a year, you invite them to, you know, Jeff Caven's Bible in a day. But that one invitation can, it can change a life, change mine. And probably, probably change well, yours too. <laughs> you know, it, it did. And uh, yeah, it took, uh, took a few invitations. But yeah, it <laughs> it's amazing what God has done with uh, that invitation. And, and it's a daily invitation mm -hmm. uh, to to grow and you you and I have spoken recently about uh, the activated disciple because you're running some training down there and and that's putting it into action right so uh, and from my understanding it's been extremely successful running programs down there has it it has been phenomenal so at the Archbishop Flynn Catechetical Institute one of the schools is called the School of Discipleship and Jeff teaches it and so we have what's called the activated disciple in the school of discipleship and so even today as we're talking i'm just freshly home from phase three of it it's three phases the first phase is it's seven weeks and it's uh we do it we just happen to do it on tuesday nights it's an hour jeff gives a lecture it is phenomenal um with covid there's been many blessings one of them is that we are now and now everybody's on the internet right and people grandma yeah. knows how to use zoom so uh so now we can we can get that out to more people and so we've done that so we had a group of 250 guys uh join us for the activated disciple this year oh. uh, this past one and yeah fishers of men they're from joliet 
Illinois. So they were they were wonderful. So the first seven weeks, Jeff every week just does a one hour lecture, and then we do a half hour of adoration. And there are things you need to you you go home each week. You practice a different a different discipline of being a disciple. Just one each week it's a different one, and then at the end we go to phase two, which is a forty day challenge, where you really are walking as a disciple. You really and you take these you take these six. Uh, disciplines of being a disciple and you put them all together and every day is that and then phase three is the activated um, discipleship seminar with dr mary healy who is on fire and so she tells talks about how the holy spirit works in the life of a disciple and so i'm on fire right now because i'm just coming off that that seminar and it was <laughs> it was phenomenal and then another cool thing there is then people share um their experience throughout the, it, it ends up being about 90 days, they share their experience and then they share how they share Jesus. And it is so amazing. It's so awesome to hear because people, you know, at the beginning, they're thinking, well, I can't talk about Jesus. I don't have a theology degree. I can't, you know, and just the, everyone, when they stand up, one lady left today because she had to go pick up some buns in for a thing they were doing this evening, came back. And then when she was sharing, she said, you're not going to believe this. I was at the bakery. This woman said, well, why, why are you getting these? She said, oh, because I'm, I'm at this church. And they, this conversation starts. And the woman says, I used to be Catholic. And, and this lady has a conversation with her and ends up not only inviting her to church, gives her her number and, you know, here, get a hold of me. I would love to have you, I, whatever we can do. And now they're getting together this week. And it's like, that's wow. what it teaches you, to be an activated disciple all the time so there's my and, plug and men me. men quite often are afraid to do some of this stuff and and we've seen it in the churches where they've allowed the ladies to to take over mm -hmm. uh in many facets of church life and we've got to encourage our men to step up so that the younger men can see men in action at the church and and that's what men do they believe in god they pray they go to mass so uh yeah just and men men respond differently than than women where you, they need to be challenged sometimes so you know and that's the one of the things that came out of this two points to that number one women need to support the men that that's one of our things too with wine is how do we how are we supportive of men i mean because i know that you know uh women as women or you know catholic women i want my husband to lead our family spiritually you know in society it'll look at it and be like well why aren't you equal yes we are equal but this is his role and i want to see him do it and we, we we all have these great roles that we should um, embrace. And when we do, that's where we find our joy and our happiness. So I think one of the biggest things for us too, as women is let's support the men that are, that are doing this. And when they're, when they're saying, Oh, you know what? I'd really like to, I'd like to start the God squad, or I'd like to do this kind of leadership thing to be supportive and be like, that's a fabulous idea, you know, and however, however we can. And then I had a second point. I don't know what it was right now. What was that? That was my first point. I said two yeah. things. That's so. okay. Ha have another sip of wine, and I'm sure it'll be fine. I, and... <laughs> I probably don't. Need and that's that. that's the beauty 
beauty about the pub is it's it's not a formal presentation. It's just two people having a conversation, right? So yeah, so I'm agreeing and with that, especially... and I see that in the church too. I, I I love seeing the men in the leadership roles as well. And one of the things with the complementarity, not just of the women's gifts, the feminine genius complementing the masculine genius, the male gifts, but also the complementary complementarity of us as the laity with the clergy. How can we work in our gifts and do this? And so that, like you said, every day is an invitation. Who who can we bring in every day? Oh, I know well, my second I... point. See, like being in a okay. pub. This came back to me. With, there you go. Uh, with the activated disciple this time around, with doing it with the 250 men from um, the Fishers of Men, uh, we added in some stuff. And you were right. <laughs> we added in challenges. I mean, we really did. There were... It, that was this commitment. They had. We gave them a commitment card that they were committed every week to be doing this. And then Jeff actually did a couple um, videos specific to men every week, just like a little three minute video. One was called suck it up buttercup, you know, I mean, but it was it was like talking <laughs> yep. to the heart of men. And so it was it was great. And I think that's good. I mean, I think it's awesome. Well, and I often talk like football coaches and stuff like that men don't remember the 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 coach that said oh you did your best don't worry we're not keeping score they remember the coach that said you have it in you you can dig deeper you can do this go and do it and uh, and and in a in an empowering way not in a demeaning cut down way and that's where authentic masculinity needs to be presented rather than all masculinity being torn down, which you see in, in many movements today. So. Amen. I just give you an amen. Absolutely. No, I, so, I, I honestly couldn't agree more. We need to, and I have, I have two daughters, but I have one son who's 18 and um, it's hard even as a mom seeing um, like some of the feminist movement, what it does to men and to like my son. So you're, I, I agree 100% with you. Well, and, and it's, it's the young men like your son that we're trying to encourage and capture and, and move forward in life because it is so scary being a young man in today's world because you have no idea what the right thing to do is. Uh, and like by... One of my sons in high school, he, we've encouraged our kids to, to live the church's teaching, especially around human sexuality. And it was like, that, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> so he, there was girls testing him and doing all sorts of inappropriate things to, to, and then labeling him because he didn't take the bait. So it, yeah. uh, it, it's a struggle for young men today. And, and it's, it's uh, a, it is, and, and now add to it, the whole um, internet, Th their whole life yeah. is on, or, or let's say internet, what you can see on the internet, but then also look at Facebook or the communication, the, the social media. Now everything's out there on social media. And then the third thing of that yeah. is everyone can get a hold of you in every, every which way you're constantly bombarded you know so there's there's a lot so to be a young man today and and to raise young men and young women of virtue is 
is difficult. And there we can, that brings us back to discipleship and prayer, constant, constant prayer. And I suppose St. Monica was like, I don't know how I could, I mean, have you seen today's world? You know, Augustine, I I can't raise him. He's, you know, (laughs) he's just going to go the way of the world. All I can do is pray. So I'm sure, you know, with God, all things are possible. But yeah, they have a lot coming at them nowadays that we didn't have coming at us. And I'm guessing that's why God Squad does so well is because we've got moms praying for their husbands and sons and so and and that's given the rise to the catholic men's leadership alliance where they're coordinating a lot of these men's conferences and movements so that we start pulling in the same direction and working together and and moving the world in the right direction and that's what our hope is so one of the areas that we talk about in we also talk about food, right? We've, we've covered family and, and faith pretty well. What uh, What's your go-to uh, thing that the you cook for the family that they love or your favorite dish to, to do? Okay, two different things. Like my favorite, I love cooking. I love cooking. And when when we got married 27 years ago, so I was like four, um, but Andy would only eat, he was like meat and potatoes. I, I mean, every mm-hmm. single night there was meat, potatoes. I remember like our our first or second Thanksgiving, all my friends were just newly getting married, right? So they're like 24, 25 years old. And I'd get a million phone calls. Like, how do you make, and they're like, how do you make gravy? I'm like, what do you mean? How do you make gravy? How do you not know how to make gravy? If you're making meat, you make a gravy. <laughs> so I will say yeah. the go-to for my family is always going to be meat, potatoes, and gravy. There's a... We're, we're, we're an Irish, well, I married a Swede, but I'm Irish, so my kids are like potato, potato, potato. Um, I, on the other hand, I would eat my, I think my, well, no, my go-to is going to be pork chops, mashed potatoes, gravy, and peas. That's my, that's my birthday meal. That's my favorite one. But uh, There you go. A good piece of and, New, New uh, York style pizza, though. Mm. It's hard. So, what's yours? What's so your go-to you, meal? What's your birthday well, meal? Oh, that's a good question. It depends on how I feel that day, but it's, uh, I, I love cooking as well. And, uh, I was raised cooking. I I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, I think I was in grade five, four or five at the time. And the library was having a cooking contest and I made lasagna from scratch. My mom wasn't even home. My dad was oh my. busy working somewhere else so uh i got an honorable mention because a young kid made a skyscraper like the calgary tower in a cake which i i'm still struggling with the fact that he did it on his own but uh i digress so i uh i've done cooking competitions uh barbecue uh i've competed at the calgary stampede and so i i i love cooking everything i'm more of a i have one yes What'd you win with? I well, I I've scored as high as fifth with my brisket. Uh, oh, nice. My brother got first place with Chef Choice at Barbecue on the Bow, which is equivalent to a state championship down there. Okay. Uh, for a barbecue competition, uh, I've got sixth with my ribs, and uh, at the Stampede, I it started with a chili cook-off, and I beat the fire department with that. And Ooh, then, uh, when you beat the fire department, with- that's big. 
That's big. I, I right beat about- the fire department a few times. And <laughs> talk, talk about throwing in a ringer. They have a professionally trained chef who studied in Austria. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. And, uh, yeah, so we had uh, we had lots of fun doing that and you know, dueling chefs. So, yeah, my go-to is what I feel like that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll... we'll yeah, but barbecue I, I and chili. Own. I know. I, so my husband is a is a huge hunter. I mean, I always tell people, I live Duck Dynasty without the fame or the money. That's my life. And he's in Canada all the time, all the time. If not hunting, fishing. Now, when he finds out that you won awards for your brisket, yeah. So if you got ducks up there by you, you're gonna have. A oh, new we got you're lots a new of ducks. Lots of <laughs> lots of Canadian geese, like lots of Canadian geese, lots of fishing. Well, if you guys ever get, come up, look, look us up. Cause we're right in the foothills of, of the Rocky mountains. We we're much nicer than Denver, as far as I'm concerned. And, <laughs> uh, Cause the mountains are closer. So it's uh, yeah. Look us up and we'll treat you well. And I'll, I'll put a brisket on there. Jeff, Jeff's been around for a brisket and uh Okay, so we just talked yeah. about one invitation, Sean. Can I have an internal <laughs> There fun? you, you go. Just, you, just, you just put out the invitation. You'll be surprised. As soon as the borders are open, and, uh, we're there. So we did, We had a dram for St. Joseph fundraiser where my uh, homemade sourdough cinnamon buns went for 60 dozen or 60 bucks for half a dozen. So what? Wow. Yeah, I was, I was shocked. So they're uh that's great so i ended up reaching out to the second place people and <laughs> they all were w- all were willing to pay for it so oh that's awesome that's so, awesome yeah, i didn't we, know you were quite the well. chef there that's impressive well i i, I play around <laughs> so one of the segments is usually mm-hmm. for young men but uh what advice do you give your 18 year old self as a young woman looking at oh, the confusion wow. and what's going on in the world today, what advice do you give your 18 year old self? What advice? Um, I think at 18, I thought every decision was the end of the world. Like it was that in that it was that intense. You know what I mean? You, Everything was so, and maybe that's, Maybe I was more dramatic. Well, no, I got say my eight, I got an eight year old son who can can do the same. But I would I would say to be um, very open to if I'm talking to my eighteen year old self, be open to the work of the Holy Spirit in me, because uh, the decisions aren't going to be that in you know I, I don't know say this they seem so intense at the moment like whether the most simple decision of where you're going to go the next five minutes. And if you, if you do the wrong thing, it's a big deal. No, just sit back, enjoy life, be open to the Holy spirit working in your life and also into that open to the Holy spirit, helping you discern, you know, take a moment to be like, okay, where, where should I go with this? What, instead of that quick little, I have a, I have a son who makes quick decisions and I'm like, take a breath, just take a breath, you know, Ask, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And, and usually after a while, he's like, okay, yeah, you think it out. He'll think it out or look, look, look into the, uh, 
you know, the different aspects of the, of what could happen, the the pros and the cons. But yeah, I think at 18, I made too quick a decisions. And now I'm probably just lazy because I'm old. So I, it takes me a long time to make the decision. Well, I, I don't think you're old. If, if you got married when you were four, you're not that old. So <laughs> There probably is more wisdom when, that goes into your decision making as you're as you're as you get older right i think that would be my one thing is just to 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 take it a little slower especially especially at this age where you've got so much information coming from so many areas not to just believe this instantly you know use a little logic and a little reason and see all the different angles before you dive into something and trust in the lord so yes step back and and jesus i trust in you uh it's at the time of this recording, Divine Mercy Sundays tomorrow, and uh, looking forward to it. And so, and that's that's so important. Now, the next segment, you should get right because you <laughs> studied it. You say, and Jeff Cavins talks about riding with a posse, so you know what I'm talking about. I know. <laughs> and so, who are your go-to saints? Who is who's in your your who's posse? in my posse? I got him. Yeah. All right. St. Mary Mag, number one. Uh, uh, St. John Paul the Great. Uh, Mother Teresa. St. Teresa of Calcutta, St. Clair, who's also one that does, you know, uh, communication. And um, Blessed Jordan of Saxony. So he took over for St. Dominic after after St. Dominic passed away. And he is a joy-filled, funny man. And I just met him probably, I don't know, two years ago. And then my other one is he's a servant of God and it's Father Don Dolindo. Don Dolindo Rolotolo. And so Rolotundo, I hope I can say that right. But he um, was a contemporary of St. Padre Pio. So look him up because as we're talking about divine mercy, he is the one that is, is known for the surrender prayer. So Jesus, okay, I give this all to you you take care of it. It is a powerful prayer. So Father Don Dolindo, very cute. He called himself um, Mary's little old man. He's a cute, cute little guy. So he's a servant of God. So I've got my posse and they hear from me. There you go. Yes, it's it's so important to to walk with the saints uh, and and know that you're not alone in this journey. So I want to thank you for joining us in the pub. I want to thank you for being our first female guest, not the last, but the first. And uh, groundbreaking. I don't know if you. So, with your Irish Irish heritage, I'm not sure if you know that the term whiskey comes from a Gaelic term called Ishkabaha, which means water of life. And my prayer is that you continue to lead many souls to the true water of life. Amen. Chin chin. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of A Dram with Friends. Like and subscribe. Go to all podcast platforms to look for it on podcast or go to godsquad.ca to support our mission.